take it out and let's just see how it happens. Uh, she told me, she said, uh, you can't hear anything once everything gets moving. We'll just, I have to put in supersonic hearing. hearing. Hallelujah. Bishop, Sister Arthur, thank you so much. We love y'all. Been family friends for a long time. Amen. Love y'all. Glad you're here. Good to see you. Amen. The little chorus goes, When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet. On solid ground, oh, when I think about, when I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around. How he placed my feet on solid ground. It makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. When I think about, when I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me. Would you just lift your hands and say, when I think about, when I think about the Lord. How he picked me up and turned me around. How he placed my feet on solid ground. It makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Come on, would you clap your hands to Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Would you lift your voice to heaven? Come on, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you. I magnify you. I magnify you. I magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 We magnify your name. We glorify your name, Jesus. Come on, can we just take a few more moments and just, would you just lift your voice to heaven? Jesus, we praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Amen, 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 amen. Pastor asked me to, to sing tonight again, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a whirl. Just go ahead and give me a bunch of volume if you don't Hurt me, not them. I've had my share of life's ups and downs God's been so good to me the downs have been few 
But then again, I guess you could say God has really blessed me. There's never been a time in my life that He hasn't seen me through. If anyone should ever write my life story, For whatever reason, there might be, oh, you'd be there between each line of pain and glory. is the best thing that ever happened oh Jesus is the best thing that ever happened oh Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me If anyone should ever write my life story For whatever reason the best thing that ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best thing. Come on, would you stand and sing it with me? Oh, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. My Jesus is the best thing. Come on, it's real easy. That ever happened. Oh, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Come on, if you feel that way, why don't you just worship Him? Come on, everybody across this room, would you lift your voice in praise? Come on, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Come on. God, I praise you. I thank you for being the best thing that ever happened to me. God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I magnify you. Come on, clap your hands one more time to Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I think that's my fault. There's a light in the wind. I'm going to start that all over. I'm sitting there going, give me some volume, bro. I'll, I'll buy you some peanut brittle or something. <laughs> And I had turned it down on my iPad. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier to, to bring an iPad than it is an a eight- or nine-piece band. Okay, it's a lot cheaper that way. <laughs> Let's try this again. Uh, nope, that didn't even start up. There we go. Somebody said they like Southern Gospel, so man, all right. Hallelujah. 
This is an old one to some and a new one to others. There's a light in the window and the table spread in splendor. Someone standing by the open door. I can see the crystal river. Oh, I must be near forever. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world has been a wilderness, and I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. I can see the family gather, sweet faces all familiar. No one's old or feeble anymore. Oh, this lonesome heart is crying. I think I spread my wings for flying. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world has been a wilderness, and I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world has been a wilderness, and I'm ready for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. Lord, I've never been this homesick Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands one more time. I went to visit a church, and they were quiet as they could be. Nobody was praising the Lord, nobody but me. They thought that I was emotional. I kind of felt out of place Cause when I come to church I don't just come to take up space Well, I'm just warming up I'm just warming up I'm just warming up And when I reach the other side Well, if you think I'm strange Don't wait for me to change Cause I'm just warming up When I reach the other side I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. That meeting in the sky. Well, if you think I'm strange, don't wait for me to change. Cause I'm just warming up. But when I reach the other side. When I reach those pearly gates, they swing open wide. I'm gonna shout for joy cause I've reached the other side All of my pain and sorrow up there I will forget Cause if you think I shout down here you ain't seen nothing yet Well I'm just warming up I'm just warming up I'm just warming up For that meeting in the sky Well if you think I'm strange Stand around and wait for me to change Cause I'm just warming up I'm just warming up I'm just warming up For that reach the 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 It almost makes you want to say, when I reach those pearly gates and they swing open wide. Come on, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to make it to heaven one day. Come on, I don't know about you, but I just can't wait to get there one day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, tell somebody else. Say, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Amen. I believe that there are miracles in this building tonight. I believe the Lord is going to do something wonderful over the next few moments. Amen. Again, it is our, my privilege and honor to be here. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, Pastor Arthur, thank you so much. And I uh, sure enjoyed the fellowship today and, and uh, our time together. I honor you all. You have a wonderful pastor and wife. Amen. 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 And uh, we, we, we really go back a long ways. Today I think you said 84, but I think it was in the late 70s, 79 was when it was we first met. So uh, Las Vegas, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is true, isn't it? And uh, we, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's our, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is what they say. <laughs> it was a church convention, just so everybody, <laughs> we were, um, I was skinny and we were young and, and I'll just leave it there. I'll, I'll, I'll poke fun at myself. The book of Acts chapter 16 verse 25 and of course our time with Bishop and Sister Arthur go way back even you know, the late 70s, and then Hong Kong, and we were together, laughed a bunch in Hong Kong and Philippines, and um, we just, we're, our lives are intertwined. My parents and uh, Bishop and Sister Arthur are dear friends, and we're so thankful to have that friendship all these years. Amen. Uh, verse X, chapter 16, verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They prayed and sang praises. Whenever the miraculous happens, it is preceded by praise. Praise always precedes the miraculous. There has been praise going up in this house tonight. I leaned over and told Brother Jesse, I said, uh, I said they have no idea what I'm preaching. They have no idea what my sermon is because everybody that's spoken at some point has talked about praise and worship and taking it to another level. And so it just kind of let me know I was in the right direction. Uh, my wife gave me the right notes tonight. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a little joke between Pastor and I. Amen. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Amen. I want to preach to you for a few moments on the subject, when God keeps rhythm with your rejoicing. When God keeps rhythm with your rejoicing. Hallelujah. Put your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven, and let's pray together. God, we thank you for your hand. We thank you for your touch. We thank you for all that you have done, what you're going to do in this service tonight. Release the Holy Ghost in a greater dimension, God. 
I ask you to let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation. Let healings, miracles, signs, and wonders follow in this service tonight. We give you the praise. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so very much. Thank you. What constitutes a miracle? Many times when this word is invoked, it is confronted with uh, bad news, impossible circumstances, or extreme needs, a dire situation. And quickly it is exclaimed and, and stated, I need a miracle. I think at some point in our life we have all, all done that. We have said, man, I just need a miracle. Can I get a witness tonight? We have all said, I just need a miracle. Uh, Webster's defines a miracle as an event that appears unexplainable by the laws of nature and is so held to be, uh, so held to be supernatural or an act of God. I'm going to start this off very quickly tonight and tell you within the last 72 hours a miracle that has happened in our family. Uh, I, I want to just set the foundation. I had not put, in, put it in my notes, but I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it out there. My father-in-law is a retired missionary, uh, Bishop and Sister Arthur, and uh, Pastor Arthur and all, they're very familiar with him, Brother Forbush, Robert Forbush. And uh, he's been having some sight problems uh, for the last several years, glaucoma, just, you know, things happen. And uh, he has lost the sight in his right eye. And uh, about three months ago, he had surgery on his left eye. And uh, uh, he, the, something happened. He had to have uh, some, uh, a, a Mohs surgery with some skin cancer, just a basal cell uh, on his head. And so for some reason, something has happened with the left eye. The left eye started uh, hemorrhaging from the back. Uh, he was in severe pain. I was, we were there uh, last weekend. All through the weekend, he was in severe pain. Monday, we took him to the doctor. Tuesday, we took him to the doctor. Uh, again, Thursday, we took him to the doctor, the same one, and they said, we're going to do surgery on Friday. Friday, we went in early, and uh, they did the surgery, came out. The doctor told me, he said, everything went fine. It just, uh, he said, it, it looks good. Everything is fine. So after an hour and a half, we left the hospital, and about five minutes down the road, my father-in-law started having some severe pain. And within 20 minutes, we were back at the doctor's office, a separate building from the hospital to the doctor's office, and he was in such severe pain, he was writhing about, just, uh, could, not, uh, just could not contain the pain, and we were praying, just calling on the name of the Lord. And um, the doctor came in and he looked at him. He said, we're back at square one. He said, you're just in ba as bad a condition today as you were yesterday. We couldn't understand it, could not feel what was, we, we just didn't understand what's going on. And so uh, I put out a text and I sent it to our prayer team. We have about 100 people around uh, the U.S. that pray for us. And we put it out on our prayer team. And they started praying. The doctor came in and he said, I'm going to give him a shot in his eye. And uh, he said, you need to go pick up the prescription. That's all he said. And we waited. And uh, about 10 minutes before the pharmacy closed, they said, you've got 10 minutes to get there. And so uh, I jumped in the car and went, ran to the pharmacy. I walked in, and the nurse that uh, was involved with uh, this procedure was, uh, was with me. And the pharmacist looked at me and said, uh, this is X amount of dollars. It was quite expensive. And I said, uh, now this is going to take care of the pain. She said, oh, yes, it'll take care of it permanently. And I said, what do you mean? She said, um, it's going to uh, sear all of the nerves in his eye. And uh, she said, and it, it, um, it deadens the, the tissue at the back of the eye. So I, I looked at her and I said, so you're saying that he will be blind in this eye permanently? She said, yes, sir. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I'm not making that type of a decision. So I got on the phone and called uh, my brother-in-law, who was the pastor, and I said, uh, hello, pastor. <laughs> I said, you need to talk to your saint. Uh, he said, thanks, man. And uh, so I called my father-in-law's brother, and I said, uh, Uncle Joe, this is what's going on. I said, I don't feel, I don't feel right. I don't, I don't know what to do. I said, this is just not, you know, he's in severe pain. I said, I'm not, my, my, my spirit's not settled with it. Um, the pharmacy was closing, and I, I wasn't going to make the decision. I was going to let them make it. Or on the way back, I said, God, take it out of our hands so we don't have to make the decision. Has ever, anybody ever been to that place? Yes, sir. And so I said, God, you're going to have to take care of this and take it. Uh, yeah, that was what's going through my heart, my spirit, my mind. And we get back, and as I'm walking into the building, I get a text from my brother-in-law. He said, Tim, he said, uh, we're not doing the shot. Dad said, looked at us and said, I'm not doing the shot. The pain is completely gone. Now, I'm talking about writhing in pain to God completely took the pain away. Zero pain. 
I walked in, I walked in and, and the office and, and he was sitting there and he was just a talking. Now this, my father-in-law has a high tolerance for pain, a very, he had glaucoma surgery with no uh, anesthesia. Uh, he went through all of that, high tolerance for pain. And he had been, he had been, uh, uh, he had been writhing, literally writhing in pain and walked in and he said, I've got no pain. We're not going to do the shot. Now, he had no idea what the result of that shot was. He had no idea. But while I was gone, he told my brother-in-law, he said, I believe it's just deception. I believe it's a trick of the enemy. And we realize now what God was doing. When, we, uh, when, when I walked in, I turned around and I told the doctor, I said, Doc, you need to, the doctor was coming in to give him the shot, had the medicine in his hand and everything. In fact, when I was walking in the building, I told the nurse, I said, you're going to have to take the medicine in. I'm not taking it in. I don't want any part of it. Amen. Come on, somebody help me just a little bit. I said, I, I don't want to, I said, you're going to have to carry it in the building. So we got in there and I told the doctor, I said, he doesn't want the shot. He's completely out of pain. And I literally watched the doctor's face, his, his jaw dropped. He went, I, I closed the door and I said, Doc, I said, let me tell you something. I said, you know the science about it, behind it. I said, but I know the prayer behind it. I said, you understand the science, but I understand the prayer. And ladies and gentlemen, he's in, now we're, we're just believing the Lord for a complete healing uh, over his eye. Now he's got a little bit of a shadow. He sees a little shadow, but I believe the Lord has begun something. And, and however God takes care of it, I don't have a problem with the way God does it. He's God and he knows everything. Somebody hear me today. Amen. That we, we cry out, God, I want a miracle. But sometimes God says, I'm going to take your miracle down this path. Amen. It's not the path that we always choose. But you see, uh, we worship God in the middle of our trouble, in the middle of our struggle, we worship God. Why? Because it's, uh, don't tell me you love God and your love is not being manifest. I've got to love Him in the good times and the bad times. Somebody say hallelujah. Uh, um, there are some things I'm concerned about in Pentecost. I'm, I'm not concerned about holiness because you've got great men of God like your pastor and your bishop that will preach holiness. Somebody said amen. 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 We, there's men that will, uh, that will hold the standard high, that will preach holiness. I'm, I'm not concerned about baptism in Jesus' name because there's great men like your pastor and bishop that will preach baptism in Jesus' name. I, I'm not concerned about the holiness because there will be people that preach holiness. I am concerned about our worship. Because we've come to a place where we know how to orchestrate a move of God. We know how to sing the right songs. We know how to sing the songs that will, that will move you. We know how to sing the songs. And, and please don't judge me about this, but I've been doing this a long time. I've been a, I was a music director before I was ever a preacher. And, and I know the songs. I know what we do to, uh, to, to get people excited and to lift them up and inspire people. But ladies and gentlemen, we've come to a place where we know how to orchestrate a, God, a move of God. We know how to sing. We know how to organize the service. We know how to make things look good and, and that's all good and well. But do we know how to worship God in everything? In everything that I'm going through. I've got to learn how to worship God when there's not a worship leader up here given, being a little bit of a cheerleader. I've got to be able to worship God when there's no music, when there's no drums. Come on somebody, hear me. I, I've got to learn how to worship God when it's just me and God in my time of need. Hallelujah. Worship is the visible outflow of love. Don't tell me you love God and you don't show the love of God. The key emotion of love is of worship is love. The key attitude of worship is surrender. The key act of worship is obedience. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go into the Ark of the Covenant with the cherubim, the wings that didn't touch, and they were all looking at the mercy seat. Uh, it, it's about worshiping God. It's about saying, God, I love you and I adore you. I magnify you. In the middle of my problem, I say, God, I still praise you because you never change you're still the same preaching requires a calling what we do gentlemen it requires a calling if you're not called to be a preacher don't even try being a preacher because it requires a calling worship simply requires the willing let me say it again worship requires the willing 
Worship requires those that say, I'm going. Listen, worship isn't, has nothing to do with the music of the choir. It has nothing to do with the syncopation of the beat, the rhythm of how fast or how slow a song is. It has nothing to do with the genre, the music category. It has nothing to do with the denomination or an affiliation. It has nothing to do with uh, uh, certain types of people. It is not for the unintelligent or just the intelligent. It is whosoever will. Worship is not an event. Worship is an encounter. When I worship God, I want to encounter God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everything I am, everything I go through, everything that happens to me, everything about me has to be redeemable with God. Everything that I, listen, I can decide if I'm going to dance. I can decide if I'm going to sing. But ladies and gentlemen, when I worship God, when I love God, there is no other option. There is no other choice because I choose to love God and show my love to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you come, I'm setting a foundation for just a few more moments. But you come to a building, but the building does not make you make you worship. Worship is what makes the building a sanctuary. Hello, it's a, the reality is what we call this building a sanctuary. You can do that anywhere. You can do it in a coliseum. You can do this. I, I've been in coliseums, fifteen thousand people. But when we began to worship God, it changes it into a sanctuary. It changes it to a place where God says, "That's where I'm going to meet you." Come on, it can be in your car by yourself driving down the road, and you can start singing. There's something about the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden He comes in and He sits right beside you. I want to tell. Somebody, worship is about him and about who he is and about his love for us. Hallelujah. Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now, I, uh, I, uh, I, I began to look at this and began to study this. Uh, on their way to a prayer meeting, Paul and Silas never expected to be thrashed about. Uh, but at the end of the day, they found themselves in an unfortunate situation. I'm, I'm just an ADD type of guy, okay? I told y'all that this morning. And, and I, hope, uh, I hope you're kind of getting figuring it out. <laughs> uh, I was ADD before they knew what ADD was. I, I'm ADD HD. I'm high definition. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, um, I, I can be sitting in a restaurant. And uh, music can come on. The, 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 I can be at Denny's. I can be at IHOP, you know, and... Music can come on. And uh, it, it doesn't... The, the Bible says uh, heaven is His throne and the earth is His footstool. Um, just, just keep that in the back of your mind for the next little bit. That heaven is His throne and the earth is His footstool. Uh, I, I'm the type of guy when I go to the restaurant, I can, uh, I can be sitting in there. Anything from Kanye to Conway can come on the, radio, the, the music. Some of y'all are acting so holy right now. Come on, come on. Some of y'all acting holy like you don't, you don't know what I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, listen, when the radio music starts playing, tell me, do you bob your head? Do you kind of tap your foot? Thank you. There's revival here. See, they're being honest. They're, <laughs> I mean, everything from Kanye to Conway. Now, when Elvis comes on, man, my, my leg starts moving, my, my lip starts twitching and all sorts of stuff. Um, the Bible says that Paul and Silas were they were uh, they prayed and sang praises, and this is my rendition. Uh, this is kind of how I think maybe it happened with Paul and Silas. They had thrown that they were going to the temple to pray as they had done many times before. It was just a normal day. It was just a normal situation. They were doing what they had always done before. But something happened, something uh, that they were not expecting. They did not expect to find them in this unfortunate situation. Yet at midnight, they found themselves in stocks and bonds. They were not just in the county lockup. They were, uh, they were, they were in prison. And they had stocks and bonds. And, and they were not sitting there looking at each other and start complaining and said, well, another fine mess you got us into. And, and uh, they didn't begin to bicker back and forth. I, I, don't, know, I don't know the song. I don't know the, I don't know the tempo. I don't know the genre. I don't know uh, if it was a major mode or minor mode. But as they sat there, the Bible says they began to pray and sing praises unto God. It didn't say they doubted and pouted and did without. It said, 
they began to praise God. And all of a sudden, something began to happen. And again, this is my ADD mind. Remember I said heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Could it just be that whenever they began to praise God, all of a sudden something happened and God said, be quiet angels, you were created to worship me and that's all you do. But there's some people down there that worship me because they love me. And just could it be, I just simply ask you a question as they began to praise him from the dismal depths of a prison, from the, inner, from the innermost being, all of a sudden as they began to praise him, could it be that God began to tap his toe to the rhythm of their rejoicing and all of a sudden the walls began to shake, all of a sudden the, the chains fell off, all of a sudden something began to happen, the doors swung open, open. I'm here to tell somebody, God will keep rhythm with your rejoicing, even in the middle of your problem, if you'll start singing and praising God, if you'll start worshiping Him, and whenever the devil throws everything at you, God, I'm still going to praise you, regardless of what's happening right now, I praise you because I love you, my circumstances do not dictate my love and my worship, my, my worship is to you is unconditional praise. Would you do that right now all across this building? I just believe that as they began to praise Him, I, I just could it be that God began to tap His toe to the rhythm of their rejoicing? I want somebody to know that's why I praise Him. That's why I worship Him. Because if I want the attention of God, then I start showing Him His worth. We went through several years ago I went through probably the greatest trial in my life I thought so at that time uh, I, I had, had to go through trials greater I'd moved to California Left a great church here in Indiana The Lord took me to California I've, I have come to find out Never mind, I'll just leave that one alone I'll just, I'll just pass that one on by um, somebody asked me uh, no I'll leave that one alone too <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I just uh, we moved to California and it just was not the greatest of situations man my spirit about, uh, about a week after we moved there things started happening man we, had, we started having revival from the day that I moved there within 45 days I went from 80 people to 160 people the enemy did not like that and so <laughs> And so did other people not like that. Brother Tenney one time said, I've been shot at many times and sometimes by the enemy. <laughs> Can I get a witness on that one? So I, uh, my, my spirit was vexed. Y'all still use that word, vexed? My spirit was vexed. I'm driving down the road. Normally whenever my spirit is in that, that type of mode, I, uh, I'll go to the piano and I'll start playing. I'll sit down and sing and and normally the spirits will leave me alone. The, the evil spirits that are attacking me will leave me alone. I went to the piano, nothing. Went and sang, nothing. I, I did everything I could. I'm driving down the road in my Nissan Pathfinder 2006. I'm driving down the road and my wife puts on a Clint, Black, uh, Clint Brown song called uh, He'll Make a Way. Clint Brown, he's, he's uh, in Orlando, Florida. and he, It's a black gospel choir and he's going, He'll make a way, he'll make a way. It, it, man, that's that's the stuff that I that's my stuff, man. That Milton Brunson and and Tremaine Hawkins and Walter Hawkins. That's that's my stuff. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I mean, I that that's my stuff. And so, uh, my wife just you know, wives we they kind of know how to pull the strings correctly. And and uh, my wife put this CD on and and I stopped my car in the middle of the road in Tracy, California. Now I wouldn't suggest anybody stop their car anywhere in California. <laughs> much less just outside of San Francisco. But that song came on, and I stopped my car in the middle of the road. I opened the door. My kids are looking at me like, uh-oh, Dad lost it. He's already gone over the edge. And uh, where's the people with the white jacket and the silver buttons and stuff like that? And I opened the door, and this is what I did. Well, I opened the door, and then I closed it, and I got out in the middle of the road, and this is what I did. In the middle of the road, I started dancing and shouting. Come on, somebody, hear me. Listen, if I can worship my way into a problem, I can worship my way out of the problem. 
Our problem is, is we miss the promise because of the process. We, we miss where God is going to take us because of what we're going through. When many times what we're going through is part of the promise. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so instead of me sitting around sucking my thumb and crying about everything that was going on, why not just dance a little bit? Now, I can't say that that turned my situation around. It did not change anything about that situation, but it caused me. When I began to worship God, it caused me to come to align with His purpose. Come on, I'm preaching to some people in this building tonight. Listen, it lined me up with the purpose of God. It did not change my circumstances, but that's not what worship is about. My worship is not about changing that situation. It's about saying, God, I'm going to come into a line with whatever you decide. And come on, somebody, hear me. With whatever you, whatever you desire. God, because it's not my will, it's about you and what you want. Had I not gone through that problem, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I, I, the Lord has taken us back around the world. We're, we're going different places all the time. And sometimes, uh, oh, Johnny here gets tired. I, that, that's, but that's not about, that's, it's not about that. It's about God. You have lined me up with your complete will and purpose, and I'm going to stay. And so in all of that, I'm going to keep worshiping you. And come on, I'm going to worship in the middle of everything. God, I'm still going to praise you. I, uh, we left California, went, came back to Indiana, and uh, I, I was driving from Indianapolis to Columbus, Ohio. And uh, when I got to Columbus, Ohio, my, I heard an in, some noise coming from the engine. And so I told my wife, I said, babe, would you go check into the hotel? I pulled up to the hotel. I said, you check in. And I'll, I said, I think there's some paper in the engine. Y'all remember the bicycles? We used to take a playing card and put a, a clothespin and it would take that, um, it'd take that, that Schwinn and make it sound like a Harley Davidson. You know, you want to roll up your sleeves and never mind. Um, ADD, okay, remember. And so uh, I, I said, babe, I said, I think there's some paper in the fan. So she was checking in and I lifted the hood and there was no paper in the fan. <laughs> I, I pulled the dipstick out and I, I checked the oil and there was no oil on the dipstick. And uh, so I, I drove it back across the street to Walmart. Out of a four-and-a-half-quart oil engine, there was only four. It took me four quarts to fill it up. And so I told the pastor, I said, man, my car, something happened. And we put it in the shop the next day. And he said, the, the, the man that fixed it, the mechanic, he said, somebody climbed up under your car and poked holes in the oil filter. They tried to take the oil filter off and put it back on, but they didn't get the gasket right. So you lost all the oil. He said, but I fixed it. Everything is cool. And he said, uh, he said it's good now. And I said, I said, would you drive it to Texas? I'm headed to Texas for a revival. He said, yeah, drive it. Well, it had 180,000 miles on it. And uh, I, I drove it down there, but I wouldn't drive at night because I didn't want the car to, to, um, to mess up on me with my family in the car. And so we drove it down to Texas. And it just didn't feel right. I drove it back up here. I put it in the shop, and they said, it's uh, the timing chain. I said, nah, you're just trying to get money out of me. I took it to the uh, Nissan dealership, and they said, it's the timing chain. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, I guess he was right. They said, uh, it's either $1,500 now or $5,000 later. And I am such a smart guy, I chose door A. And uh, I said, uh, I'll, take five, I'll take door A for $500 if you don't mind. And So they, they repaired it. I took it to the house and, and uh, opened the hood, and, and I, I took olive oil. I don't know about y'all, but I just happen to believe in prayer. I believe that when we pray that God hears the prayers of His people. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers. And, and so I took olive oil and I poured it on the engine. and Not thinking that the car could catch on fire, you know. I just poured olive oil on the engine and I said, God, I said, I'm asking you to touch my car. I said, God, I'm an evangelist. You know I can't go out and buy a brand new car and... I said, God, I, I don't know what to do. I said, I'm at your mercy. This is not what I would have chosen. I wouldn't have chosen this path, but you chose it. And I said, I'm cool. I literally said these words. I said, God, I'm cool with it. I said, I, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not complaining. But God, either heal my car or uh, give me a brand new one. I don't care which one you, you do. And I said these words. I said every bit of what I just told you. And I said, God, I trust you completely. 100% I trust you, whatever you want to do. I closed the hood and people walking by and I was crying, tears streaming down my face. And this is a conversation between A and B, so please see yourself out and, and on all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Welcome to 1982 or something like that, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I close the hood and I, I go about my business. I drive from uh, Indianapolis back to Columbus and then down to, uh, down to Georgia. 
I was there for about three weeks, and every service got canceled. I thought, wow, we're really doing good now. Man, this is revival. Uh, I was sleeping above somebody's garage in a little uh, little room they had made above their garage, and me and my wife and two kids, and I'm, you know, okay, God, whatever you, you know, I asked you to help us, you know, don't stick us down here in the dungeon, you know, and so um, I get a phone call, I'm headed to Texas to preach a revival, and I get a phone call, and man says, Brother Marshall, I've heard about you and your family, y'all's ministry, would you come and preach for us, and I had never heard of the guy before, I didn't know who he was, and I said, yes, sir, I've got this Wednesday night open, now this was on Monday night, I said, I've got this Wednesday night open or I'm booked until uh, October. This was the middle to the end of June sometime. He said, come preach Wednesday night. So I preached Wednesday night and God did great things, had some miraculous things happen. He said, could you stay for the weekend? I'm thinking, where were you at three weeks ago, you know? Uh, he, he said, would you stay? And I said, yes, sir, let me call and see if the church will allow me to, to move the revival forward. So uh, we did, we stayed for that weekend, had a great time. People get the Holy Ghost, had miracles happen and uh, we left on Monday morning, drove to Louisiana where my family was at. We started revival on Wednesday in Texas. And I get a phone call from the pastor and he said, Brother Marshall, a family in our church has got a burden for y'all and they want to come and buy your kids some clothes. And I'm thinking, Sister Arthur, I'm thinking, I thought they dressed pretty good, you know. I didn't think they were that ratty, you know. I, I'm, I'm like, dear Lord, I take them to the best uh, goodwill that I can find, you know. I see, I see thumbs up back there. And so uh, I said, he said, would y'all wait for us? And I said, yes, sir. So we waited, and uh, they took us to lunch, the pastor, his wife, a lady in the church, and, and their kids. Uh, we went to the mall, and they, gave the ki- they bought our kids $1,000 worth of clothes each, and they handed me $600, handed my wife $600. And, man, I'm in Louisiana. I'm a big boy. They wear skinny jeans in Louisiana, you know. <laughs> I buy regular jeans, and I make them skinny jeans, Okay. Takes me a few weeks to do it, but I do it every time. And so, so I'm walking around the mall, and I'm thinking, man, I can't buy stuff here. I'm gonna wait till I go to Texas, where there are real men there, big guys, you know that that understand this. This uh, Jesse, you finding that funny? So, brother Jesse, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm I'm uh, I, I go I walk around, and finally I get a phone call from the the pastor. He said, brother Marshall, would you come over? Um, this family in our church that'd like to talk to y'all. We get over there, and uh, he says, Brother Marshall, uh, we, we've got the, the husband on the phone. And the husband says, Brother Marshall, Pastor told me you have 189,000 miles on your car. And I said, yes, sir. He said, I've asked Pastor and his wife and the family to take you to the Toyota dealership and buy you whatever vehicle you want. Have you ever had the Lord answer a prayer that you had been praying and you almost pass out? I start crying. My kids start crying. My wife starts crying. The pastor said, we got to go. It's, it's the, the dealership is going to close. So I call the dealership, which just happened to be managed by my wife's cousin. And so we go there, and I said, look, uh, they, they want us. He said, don't go smaller than what you have. You need to go bigger than what you have. So we get over there, and we pull up, and they have the Toyota Sequoias parked up there. And, and uh, I see the first one. And I, I'm, I'm the type of guy when I go out to eat, I don't care who's buying. I look at the price. I, I'm... I know what a pine float is. Does anybody know what a pine float is? It's a water and a toothpick. You may not be able to afford anything, but you can get a glass of water and a toothpick. And so uh, we went out to eat, and I went out to eat. He took us, uh, uh, we're, we're looking at the price, and I see the first one. It's a black Toyota Sequoia, and the next one was the Platinum, and that's the only ones they had there. They, they were the only things bigger than what I had. And I saw the Platinum. It was just too much. I didn't need those extra things, and I went back, and, and I, I sat inside. It was brand new. It had 25 miles on it. pastor said, take it for a test drive. And so we drove it one block down, turned around, and came back. And I'd asked the pastor, I said, what's the, what's the budget? He said, there is none. The man uh, balanced his checkbook this week and had $1.5 million in his account. So he said, buy whatever you want to buy. And I said, I, 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 I don't know how that works. I, I, I was pastored. I pastored for 10 years. I've turned lights on for people. I've made car payments for people. I've, I've, I've done these things. I, I, I don't know how, I, 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 whatever. So he said, drive it down the road. And he said, test drive it. And when we came back, he said, you like it? And I said, yes, sir. He said, go in and uh, he said, do the paperwork. So they start, they start having me sign stuff. They wrote a check for $56,000. Bought us a brand new Toyota Sequoia. 
The manager came out. People were walking by looking at us. They heard that somebody bought this other guy a car. I felt like a goldfish. I wanted to, you know, make, make faces at them. The manager walked up and went to hand the pastor the keys, and the pastor said, no, it's his car. Give them to him. And so the, ma- the manager handed me the keys. The pastor looked at me. He said, what you going to do now? Never asked Tim Marshall that. Never. Listen, I'm, I'm big. I'm from Texas. I, I, man, I, I, <laughs> no, Bubba can't dance. <laughs> um, and so I, I, he said, what you going to do now? So I took the keys, and I walked outside. I opened the door to the front door. I mean, I'm trying to be as animated as I can. And, uh, I mean, I'm trying to make sure everybody's watching me. So I walk out. People follow me to the front door. And I opened the door of that sequoia, uh, that sequoia with leather interior. Man, it smells awesome. Brand new car. You just don't, these don't happen many times in life. And, well, when somebody else buys it, that never happens hardly. But I opened the door and I reached in and I smelled it real good. I closed the door and this is what I did. Why? Because if I can praise him in the bad times, I better be able to praise him in the good times. Come on, somebody, hear me. My praise does not dictated by my circumstances. My praise is dictated by my love for Him, by my devotion to Him, and my adoration of Him. Come on, would you worship Him right now all across this room? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you can be seated for just a few moments. I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm driving down the road. We put everything out of that Nissan Pathfinder into, my car, into the new car. We're driving down the road, and I said, Babe, I said, remember the problems that we had in California? I said, remember all of that that happened back then? I said, God just repaid us with interest. Well, somebody please hear me tonight. I'm preaching to some people in the Holy Ghost. God never forgets who you are. God keeps great records. God keeps great records. That's why I've got to keep my heart right and my spirit right. God, in the middle of everything, God knows exactly who you are. I'm telling some people in this building tonight that God knows who you are and God has kept great records. All I have to do is say, God, I'm committed my life to you and I'm still going to worship you. Regardless, I I, I keep going back to this, but regardless of my circumstances, I am not going to change my praise. Hallelujah. Sis, if you'll just give me a little dinner music. I'm I'm just about finished. I was in Houston, Texas, or Willis, Texas. I was preaching and I made the statement I was preaching. I said, devil, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. I'm still going to praise God. When I said that, I realized what I said. Hello? I just threw out, I just threw out a challenge because I stopped mid-sentence. I said, devil, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm still going to praise God. And I knew that I had just challenged the enemy. That was... Um, Somewhere in the middle of January, I had just gotten insurance starting the 1st of January. The 23rd of January, February, I forget the date, y'all, pardon me. We went to see the doctor. My wife had not had a doctor's visit in six years. We were fixing to go to the Philippines for three months. And um, she said, babe, I haven't seen a doctor in six years. I said, you need to go see one. So she went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, uh, Miss Marshall, we need to you've never had a mammogram, let's send you down for one right now. Send her down for a mammogram and they found something. And the devil comes back and said, see, you challenged me. They diagnosed my wife with breast cancer. And uh, we went to the doctor. They, they, it, it's a long story, but um, when they went to do the biopsy, uh, we prayed. We prayed the whole time. I'm driving down the road. We get a phone call from the doctor. And I have the pastor stop the car. I get out and I start dancing. He said, why are you dancing? I said, even though it's not a good report from the doctor, God is still good. I'm dancing. I'm dancing in the ditch. We received the call from the doctor. At the, we were at the, uh, at the mall in uh, Woodlands, Texas. And we received a call. It wasn't a good call. And my wife said, babe, we got to dance. 
So in the middle of the mall, my wife and I just start dancing, start, start dancing. When they found it, it was nine centimeters in size. It was almost an inch big. And uh, we prayed the night before the surgery. I placed her hair across her chest. My wife has had family that's walked away from God and cut their hair and done all sorts of things. And I said, God, I said, my wife has had a covenant with you. My wife has made a covenant with you. She's never walked away from it. I said, you said her hair is her covering. You said her hair is her glory. You said her hair will give her power with the angels. That's what you said. You said that, not me. I said, now, God, I said, we're, we're, we'll go whatever path you want to go. I mean, I'm, I'm kneeling down beside the bed, and she is laying in bed, and I'm kneeling down, and I'm praying. I said, God, we don't choose this path. You choose it for us. We trust you again. I said, God, whatever you do, don't let her lose her hair. God, this is up to... Now, Now, listen, please don't misunderstand me. I, I'm not... If, if you go through the chemical and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's between you. That, it, it's, it's just a natural thing. I'm, I'm, not, making, I'm not making light of, of anything. I, are you all okay with me? Are you okay? Uh, check my spirit. I, I'm not trying to be unkind. The chemicals, they do that. But this is the way my wife, her, she's very, very, her hair is her covering. That's what God is. So she said, I don't want to have to lose my hair. I, I don't want to do it. So I'm praying. I said, God. Whatever you choose to do, I said, we trust you. They went in, took the cancer out. The doctor came out and he said, sir, we got clean edges. We got it all. He said, in fact, it was so small, it was microscopic. It was .07 sizes, centimeters in size when we took it out. That is a 900% reduction from what it was originally. And I've had people say, well... Could it be a misdiagnosis? No. I believe the prayers of a righteous availeth much. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous availeth much. I believe that God did exactly what. Then they came. We had the follow-up visit. And the doctor said, well, there's a fly in the ointment. It's a triple negative, which means it is not hormone-fed. He said, uh, there's, he said, we can't give you shots. We can't. He said, um, it's, you know, it, 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 there's nothing we can do about it it's, a, it's only been five years that was five years ago my wife just went back went to the doctor back in uh, May of this year for her uh, biannual visit and the doctor looked at her and she said Mrs. Marshall it's been five years you don't have to worry about this ever again because the rate y'all, some of y'all would understand this I don't understand everything but the doctor said you don't have to worry about this again because it's been five years you passed the mark I thank you. I thank you for it. There's healing in this place right now. I know I've been a little long, and I do apologize. I, I really do. I apologize. I've been a little longer than what I normally would be. But there's miracles in this place tonight. God is ready to do some things for people all across this building. God has not forgotten you. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about you. Would you stand? Let me pray for you right now. God has not forgotten who you are and God has not forgotten about you. Come on, would you lift your hands to heaven right now? Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name come on lift your voice everybody in this place lift your voice in Jesus name lift your voice come on lift your voice lift your voice to heaven right now in the name of Jesus 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 the enemy has done some things to people in this building 
And I felt that this morning the enemy has done everything he can to try to discourage people in this building. I know this is the last Sunday night of the year, but this is, come on, it's in like, it needs to be out of here like a lion right now. When we, leave the, when we leave this building, we need to understand we've got the power of the Holy Ghost and He's going to take us into a brand new year. If you need healing in your body, come on, stand to your feet right now. Come on, I could come through this, I could come through this building. I could lay hands on people all across this room. Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We know it. We quote it. We quote Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, but we miss a scripture that is in between. Acts chapter 2, verse 26. My heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Another translation says, my heart was glad and my tongue danced. I believe that God will keep rhythm with your rejoicing. Whenever I began to let my tongue dance and I began to speak in another language, come on, I believe that there's healing all across this room, all across this building. There's, there's fixing to be miracles that happen. Come on, I, I don't want to have to, come on, would you, would you help me tonight just a little bit? I don't have time and come lay hands on people and call people out. That, we're not, we're not going to go further with that tonight, but right now, would you step out of your seat would you step out of the pew right now where you're at by the power of the Holy Ghost? Come on, step out of the seat where you're at. Come on, healing is in this place. Miracles in this place. Come on, I, the Holy Ghost is going to minister to some people, but I want you to walk forward and say, God, I believe for a miracle right now. Come on, as you begin to worship Him, lift your voice, lift your hands. Hallelujah. By the power of the name Jesus, come on. Come on, right now, in Jesus' name.